Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to The Tradar, a traitor's podcast. My name's Matthew and I'm a writer working in TV development and I am a 100% faithful. Promise. The Tradar is a deep dive into every episode of the hit TV competition series The Traitors. And this is season 3 of the podcast dedicated to The Traitors Australia. Today we'll be exploring episode 5 of the show, and I have a shiny new guest co-host to help me do that. First though, it's time for Traitors updates from other parts of the world in TT News. If you live anywhere near London, you will be able to take part in an immersive comedy version of The Traitors. The Old Red Lion Theatre in central London is hosting the event and describes it with the following. Nine contestants will battle it out over one intense evening to take home the grand prize. But will it be the faithful who claim the crown or will they be eliminated by The Traitors? Players will also take on hilarious challenges throughout the show to try and increase the prize fund, and you could be taking part in the game. With five specially selected guests, comedians, actors or presenters, we have four open spots to be filled by willing participants from the audience. Get ready for a truly interactive, tense and hysterical night of backstabbing and mind games in this totally unofficial parody of the hit BBC series. Grab your cloak and dagger and maybe a drink or two for this exciting, immersive theatre event. Claudia Winkleman, definitely not included. The initial performance dates are the 22nd and 23rd of June at 8pm and tickets are £10. You can book your ticket at oldredlinetheatre.co.uk. Entertainment blog Super TV 24-7 reports that Season 2 of The Traitors US 
will be entirely comprised of celebrity contestants. If you listen to the podcast regularly, you'll know I'm not as big a fan of this format as the non-celebrity versions like the UK and Australian traitors. However, it's important to note that the original Dutch version of the traitors was in fact all celebrities. All Dutch celebrities, anyway. I haven't read any official press release about this from Studio Lambert or NBC, but Super TV is a fairly reliable TV news source with 15,000 followers on Twitter alone, so I'm pretty confident this news is likely to be accurate. So let's see who gets cast in Season 2. I'm guessing more alumni from Survivor and Big Brother, and who knows, maybe even a returning celebrity from Season 1 of The Traitors. If Kate Chastain reappears, even for a cameo, I would not at all be surprised. We're now heading back down under and helping me deep dive into episode 5 of The Traitors Australia is another new guest co-host to The Trader. Let's meet him! My special guest on this episode of The Trader is Rob. Rob is a chiropractor working in Yorkshire, but other than working, you'll find him in the kitchen cooking or baking, playing video games or walking his two dogs. But the thing is, Rob is a huge American Big Brother fan and has watched every season, which is what also made him fall in love with The Traders. Rob, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm great. I'm so glad that you're here to join me for this episode. Oh, thank you. Thank you um, can you uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about now? You've you've seen the Australian traitors, even though you're in the UK. Uh, what kind of what kind of order did you come to? And did you watch the UK one first? How did you come across Australian traitors? So the traitors was recommended to me actually by a patient of mine because I was going on holiday and I asked for a recommendation for something to binge watch on the plane because it was on like a nine hour flight. And they said, have you seen The Traitors? And I was like, no. So I actually caught with it quite late. I only started watching it back in March this year. Um, and I started with the American series because that's what they had recommended first, um, yeah. which I enjoyed quite a lot. Because like I say, I knew some of the contestants from American Big Brother. I've also watched a few series of Survivor. So I did know who Suri was. Um, and then I watched the UK one and I preferred that quite yeah. a bit more. I shouldn't really say that maybe, <laughs> but I did prefer that quite a bit more. And then I started listening to your podcast and you had talked about an American one. I was like, oh, sorry, an Australian one. And I was like, oh, an Australian one. So then I went and found that and watched that one. And as you have said, in my opinion, it is the best series by quite a long way. It's <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And from what I know, I, I haven't seen any American Big Brother, but I've, I've watched all of the UK series. From what I understand, it's maybe a bit more tactical and involves sort of more gameplay than the UK one. Is that fair to say? Yes. So the American Big Brother is completely different from the UK one. The UK one is a popularity contest Mm -hmm. with the general public. We vote for who wins, basically. We vote who gets evicted. It's the public that wants that gets to choose all the uh, all the things that happen within the show. Whereas in the American one, the public really doesn't have a say at all. It's just the contestants. They choose who's up for elimination um, and they vote for who gets evicted. So they nominate people and then they vote to evict them. So it's gameplay. You have to make good social connections. You have to backstab people. You have to break promises and you have to lie a lot like the traitors, which is why I really enjoyed the traitors when it when I started watching it. 
Yeah, that connection makes sense. Uh, and speaking of uh, betrayal and deception and gameplay, <laughs> Rob, I often ask people who are coming onto the podcast for the first time about their biggest betrayal. <laughs> what would you say? What's your what's been your biggest betrayal? That can be the biggest, best, worst, most ridiculous lie you ever told. Um, I'm sure there are worse that I can't remember and probably don't want to remember. But uh, I think one that springs to mind was one of my school days ones, like a lot of people that have talked about this. When I was at school, my mum forced me to play the clarinet. I did not want to play the clarinet at all, but from about the age of 11, she decided that I should play like most most parents do. They think it's good for you to, to play some musical instrument. Um, and because I was annoyingly quite good at it, even though I never practiced and never did any any kind of rehearsals, um, they put me in the school band. It was a wood, woodwind band. And again, I never practiced. I never, 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 never wanted to be there. It was on a Friday lunchtime, the worst time ever for a uh, for a wind <laughs> band. <laughs> and uh, there was one day where I was sat there and we had this music that we were supposed to have learnt and I had not learnt it at all. And the conductor was like, someone over here, someone over here is off time. And I sat there and I didn't say anything. It's like, <laughs> one of you two and pointed at me and the guy next to me, both playing the clarinet. And I was like, yeah, it's him. <laughs> and the guy the guy next to me was like, no, it's not me. I was like, it's definitely, definitely him. Uh, so I, it was just a stupid little lie, but it, it still sticks in my mind as something that I, uh, something that I did. Yeah, yeah. And got uh, away with it somehow. <laughs> yes, you got away with it. Well, that's quite impressive. And And those skills may help you in our podcast game, because we are going to play the Trader Traitor. So our mission throughout the episode from here on in is to tell one lie to one another. The lie has to be a fabrication or a made-up fact, big or small, about the Traitors Australia or about yourself or about anything else. What it can't be is a fake opinion, like saying you really miss MK's breakfast speeches when actually you're so glad you don't have to feel that uncomfortable anymore. At the end of the episode, we'll each put our traitor hunting skills to the test and decide what we thought the other person's lie was. Are you up for that, Rob? I am up for that. But I have to say, I do miss his speeches. And I do miss <laughs> traitor. <laughs> traitor. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I'm going to... I'm going to assume that you're telling the truth I at this truth, point. I am truth. I'm being 100% faithful you're... and 100% truthful. <laughs> <laughs> However, our betrayal game begins from now. So I think we're ready to begin talking about episode five of The Traitors Australia. Here we go. So episode five begins with a recap, first of all. Uh, we are reminded that in the last mission or silver challenge, the contestants won $48,000 and that they also had a shield mission and Nigel won the shield by diving into the lake and getting it before anyone else, which was a bit unusual. Uh, Olivia was banished after... Witness Gate or Jack Gate or whatever you want to call it, something Gate. It was a sort of never-ending saga for Olivia until she met her end. And we ended the episode with 
The traitors discussing who they might murder, and it seemed like they'd come to either Justine or Kate, maybe Matt, but we might talk about this more as we go on. So breakfast begins. Nigel and Marielle are first, and Marielle tells Nigel that she trusts him the most out of everyone, and they both agree that already, we're only episode five, but they think already the game is getting really hard. And then Claire arrives, so we've got three traitors there. Uh, <laughs> cut to this like sort of interview shot of Marielle saying, I don't trust Claire at all. Claire is completely cutthroat. <laughs> it's just this like really sudden, abrupt shift. Uh, what, do, what do you think about Marielle, Rob? I love Marielle. Um, I think she's a very smart player. I think she is somehow not coming across as smart as she is, but I think her the way that she has handled herself around other players and in the um on the round table just talking about well Angus really I don't know how she's managed to do it how she managed to throw his name up there that a couple of weeks ago and then just get away with it even the traitors aren't too fussed by it he's a little bit perplexed by it but he hasn't really gone in on her if it had been me and that happened to me I would have a hundred percent started to rally troops around getting, getting rid of her. It doesn't make any sense yeah. why she would like why he just let it go like that. But also I don't know if you heard, she said it very quietly, but Claire said, I was thinking about we should maybe have changed I was wondering if we could change who we wanted to banish. Um which I thought that was a weird thing to say as well at the table because being able to do that last minute would I know that there's hints that people stay overnight and it's actually that morning that they'd find out if they've been murdered or not. But she said along the lines of, I was thinking about it and maybe we should change, we should change our mind who we've banished um, or who we've murdered. Sorry. So yeah, I, I, that, that's a bit of a crazy thing to do at the table, but as it's only murder, um, sorry, as it's only the traitors there, they can talk about murder and all that kind of stuff without yeah. any, any problems. Yeah. And especially because the next person that walks in is Angus, who's also a traitor. But yeah, I noticed that too clear says she's worried they sort of made the wrong choice yeah. last night. Yeah. Uh, but I guess, you know, it's too late. And as a traitor, you've got to make these decisions and stick to them. Uh, I think you're right about Marielle. She's she's doing well, as is Nigel, by the looks of it. Um, out of the four traitors, I think it feels like Nigel and Marielle haven't really you know, they're not, they haven't been named as suspects by anyone so far, whereas Angus got into a lot of trouble. Pulled out by the um, clairvoyant, wasn't wasn't? Oh, she? of course, of course. Apart from how could I, how could I forget? Oh my goodness, how could I forget <laughs> Chloe the clairvoyant? Okay, I take it all back. Chloe, I mean, does that really count? Chloe named well, Marielle as one of the traitors. It doesn't count, but they are obsessed by those names as well they yes. they want to test out that theory so i i know they are heading towards angus but they could have headed towards marielle if they if they wanted to test that well they got rid of um cash didn't they yeah, to test it yeah. out as well That's and they're true. still it's still in the back of their mind so mm -hmm. she like i say she's smart she's managed to kind of distance herself from that prediction um but it's uh it's still there lingering in the background yes so after our four traitors have had a little moment together at breakfast the next person to arrive is kate and it's really funny because Kate arrives and asks very quickly, right quick, what do you think of Teresa? And she says that she's surprised that no one else suspects Teresa so far. Um, Mark at some point says Teresa would be a great traitor, just like Angus, because he thinks Angus is a traitor, because they're so upbeat and likeable and outgoing, very friendly. 
Mark is uh, annoyed with everyone, really, for because he thinks they're all so rubbish at catching traitors so far. And everybody piles into breakfast and we're waiting for our last person to arrive. And it's between Justine or Matt. And I th- this is where I feel like there's this kind of a strange editing choice because, like I said uh, in the sort of little recap, at the end of the previous episode, the impression was definitely given that they were choosing between Justine and Kate. And, and they briefly mentioned Matt. But now... It seems like it's either Justine or... Like, Kate arrived really early on, so there was some sort of weird disconnect between the episodes there. Um, it, it gave the impression that... Yeah, the, the last episode gave the impression that they dismissed Matt because they thought, yeah. no, he'll get himself banished. They'll just focus on Kate. So there's <laughs> a, there's kind of a bit of confusion here. Yeah, I agree. Um, Matt made no sense to murder. He will get himself banished. He is a... A mess. He looks like he hasn't slept for a week. He is getting so lost in the game. Bless him. He really is. He's going to get himself. So they don't need to worry about that. So yeah, it was surprising that Kate came so early on because it would have. If I had to choose, I probably would have murdered Kate. Kate. I mean, knowing watching the show, she's smart. She has ideas. She is. She's always looking at people and questioning things. Yeah. Whereas Justine tended to go around giving information to people. She would come to people and say, oh, they're talking about you. And that's what you want. You need that kind of little tidbits of what the faithful are saying. So maybe they didn't notice that. Maybe they didn't see it for themselves. But we watching the show, Justine would have been quite useful to keep. Whereas Kate, I feel like Kate's a smart cookie. She's she's got some she's got some ideas and some some theories to test out. Yeah. And Kate seems quite authoritative when she speaks i think she's sort of quite commanding not 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 because she's loud or aggressive but she i get yeah she she conveys that she's quite clever and that she we know that she plays game this is something that she just likes she plays games um so and quizzes and uh she likes to think tactically so people seem like they pay attention to kate when she talks he's very uh, direct yeah <laughs> she's very direct she'll tell them to their face what exactly what she thinks and that's a little scary because she'll do it in a room full of people and that's the last thing you want is someone's ideas about you being a traitor like she said to Teresa, like i think you're a traitor you know like yeah. it's this kind of she's and i have to say now you have your angel andrea I have my Saint Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa is literally, I just want to hug her. I just feel like she is a ball of warm energy that just emanates out of her. She just seems amazing. And I love her. And Fee, they're both together. They're just TV gold. Yeah. But Teresa for me is definitely the person who I I hope goes a long way because she is she's a wonderful, wonderful human being. Yeah. Not that I know her, but just from watching her <laughs> on the TV, she really, really comes across well. Saint Teresa, I'm gonna have to tell her that. Uh because Teresa's going to come on the podcast for an interview. So I, I absolutely need to mention this to her. Yes. Uh, yeah, especially I I'm watching it all again. I've I've seen it, I've seen the whole series and I'm re-watching it and rediscovering how funny Teresa is. Uh, there's so so many lines that I, I write down in all these notes are things that Teresa has come out with, as well as Fee. Fee really yeah. cracks me up. And there's something she says in a moment that I'm sure we'll get to that I just, uh, I have it in my head as a little quote all the time now, but we'll get to that in a minute, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see if we align on our Teresa sure. quotations. <laughs> 
Uh, but like we've talked about, sure enough, it's Matt who walks in. Um, and I, that felt to me like it was fairly obvious that was probably going to happen. Um, but everyone at the table is, apart from the traitors, everyone's really shocked and apparently quite annoyed that Matt is back. Yeah, like, so. Fee looks absolutely livid to see him again. Uh, and then Matt does an MK. He, like, does this speech for the for the whole table. And the first time I watched this, I thought, why is he doing this? Stop it. We saw MK kind of be banished for this. But again, Matt is someone else who's going to be on the podcast, and I spoke to him a little bit. He did say, though, that they were kind of told by production, or not told, but urged by production to do these little speeches. So I don't know if that was just something he took upon himself. He says that he was kind of encouraged, like, talk to everybody while they're all together, say something. Um, maybe not a wise idea. Uh, he says to everybody that he can vindicate himself as a faithful by finding a traitor, and he jumps on the St. Teresa train. I've stolen that from you now. Uh, except he doesn't think she's a saint. He thinks she's the devil. He names Teresa as a traitor. And it, it, yeah, it becomes really clear. He, he's still so worked up. And it is it's almost uncomfortable to watch. Even though, yeah, we want them to get really into the game and we want to see the betrayal and the, the deception in the gameplay. He's he's too wrapped up in it. It doesn't seem healthy. It seems <laughs> like we should be worried about him, maybe. Uh, Teresa then kicks off... Uh, because she's being accused and she demands to know like you know what well what exactly have I done to make you suspect me and Matt says that she is influential and manipulative and that's kind of as far as the edit gives us we we don't really get much more of an explanation from Matt and I don't really know why he thinks that uh why do you think Matt dislikes Teresa so much uh, I think she is probably quite loud and quite boisterous and draws attention to herself. Um, I I still think watching the show, probably if I was in the, the show, I would be stuck on that Olivia and the witness thing as well. But watching it now, it was Olivia that said there was a witness. It was Olivia that said there is a witness to this. The fact that that has been, well, she has been removed from the game and wasn't a traitor surely they can just move on from this now because no one else has made up there was a witness. It was her that said it. So if you logically think about it, no one else is actually promoting this storyline anymore. They've all said, oh, right, uh, maybe it was a mistake. Let's just move on. But Matt is just, he cannot let it go. Angus is obviously using it as a little, like, let's keep an eye on someone else. Let's push Teresa's name out there. So yeah. it's great for him. But apart from Matt, I feel like everybody else has just moved moved on. But it's uh, I can't see how she's manipulative. I don't see anything in her character that's manipulative at all. Um, and when she asked him, like, have I done one thing? Name one thing I've done. He just says, well, in my head, I made a list of everyone. And I'm like, <laughs> and she was not happy about that. She's like, no, no, I don't care about everyone else. Tell me what I have done. And he couldn't say anything. And yeah. I think as, as, he's just a lost in the game. He, as I said, he looks like he hasn't slept. I like. I feel like I would be worried about him if I was there. But he's enjoying. He needs, sorry, to 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 pull somebody out of the the basket to save himself now, and that is unfortunately Teresa. Yeah, and like you said, I think she she's um sort of very amiable and 
more than amiable. She's she's so upbeat and she talks to everybody and she cracks jokes. And I think Matt misreads her sociability for manipulation, but it, it, it isn't really that. Well, we know it's not that because we know she's not a traitor. So maybe it's easy for us to say, who knows? Um, so Roger, of course, arrives as he does every day at breakfast and he gives them another clue about, you know, what, what their mission is going to be this week. Uh, he says, traitors, hi, big fan, love your work. No notes from me because the traitors are doing so well at this point. Uh, he tells them that there is plenty of silver on offer today and it will be worth the wait. So there's a little bit of wordplay going on that they kind of pick up on. Uh, we, we get a little bit more discussion amongst the contestants. Mark says that they have to start looking in the non-obvious places because the way that they're approaching banishment so far is just not working. But he tells he talks to Teresa and he says it's not Matt. He says, you know, I know he, I know he doesn't like you and there's tension between you, but it's not him. He's drawing so much attention to himself. A traitor wouldn't do that. And then Mark turns his attention towards Angus again and Fee backs that up. Fee says she's still worried about Angus. She she returns to this comment that he made in the last episode at the lake when he him and Nigel were sort of fighting over the shield. And Angus makes this flippant comment about how mur he says murder was on my mind. And the the, the funny thing is, I, Fee's right about Angus. She's she's right because he is a traitor. But I think she's right for the wrong reason. Like I I don't know how you interpreted it. I really did think his comment was just sort of him trying to make a funny joke, and it just happened to have the word murder in it. I don't think he let. So it wouldn't make sense for him to say that to a fellow traitor anyway. No, she's definitely Maddie Marple. This <laughs> she has a she she's heard something murder, and she's attaching all her evidence in inverted commas. Like it's not evidence; it's something that you've heard, and you are now using that as it's it's circumstantial at best. And obviously, like I say, he was joking. I think he wanted to get Nigel. Didn't need the shield. Angus knew he needed the shield well yeah. more than Nigel did. So. I think he playfully dunked him, not trying to steal it, but just playfully dunked him, kind of like, you got it. Ah, damn you. I'm mm -hmm. going to dunk you underwater. I realized that I, if it had happened to me, it would have freaked me out as well. I'm not great in water. So I understand that Nigel probably was a bit scared at that time. And it wasn't the nicest thing to do. And people screamed watching it. I think Fee screamed when from the, uh, from the shore. Yeah. So it wasn't, a good thing to do but he i'm sure it was all meant in jest and it wasn't meant as like a, i'm gonna hurt this hurt nigel in any way but when he got out and you just would never say murder would you if you were a traitor you just would remove that word from your <laughs> vocabulary you wouldn't be just throwing oh yeah murder it was on my mind i realized he was saying i wanted i was thinking of should i murder him in the water to get the shield but it was just a joke it in and unfortunately i don't know why he didn't hear fee say what did you say angus because he could have cleared it up right there and then but he didn't he just yeah. let it go and then these things they fester and like it is now she's she's on his back too yeah and I, and as she's talking about it she's sitting beside Marielle and of course Marielle we've she, she's very clever so she realizes hmm I'm probably going to have to join Fee on this so she implies that she is also suspicious of Angus and she uh, says it right next to him 
Like she's <laughs> talking about getting rid of him and how he's a nice guy. And quite loudly, I feel like right next. I, I just thought his anger's just that oblivious to everything happening around him. I know he's always got that look of pure like confusion and terror on his face, but he just missed such a huge thing that was happening sat right next to him. Yeah, and I have a theory that Angus's uh, hair, his his lustrous hair, also is getting in the way of his ears, and so he can't hear what anyone what anyone. That says. makes sense. That's what yeah, I've decided. That makes sense. So after breakfast, the players are in the cars, driving themselves to their missions as they do in that strange way. Although I, I've got some thoughts about that. Uh, we'll maybe come to that later. Um, in the cars, Angus asks Marielle who she's thinking of. Uh, and she says that she's looking at dark, but she's kind of just covering up because we cut to her interview and she says, well, if she's going to cut anyone loose, it's going to be Angus again. She's already done it once. She's she's voted for him before. We arrive at the mission then um, and they have uh, $48,000 so far out of a possible 108,000 at this point. This is, Dirk is speaking and he sort of points this out. He's, he's basically saying, like, we're not really doing that well so far. And there was an entire mission in episode two where they lost everything that was up for grabs. This mission involves weighing sculptures in uh, the garden of this big house that they visit while being guided by spotters on the balcony. It's kind of a strange setup. Um, they're, they're basically, people on the balcony are looking at some artworks and they have to describe to the people down below what these artworks are. Those people have to run around, find the corresponding sculptures, take them to a giant set of scales, and try and balance the scales. Um, Teresa and Dirk take on the roles of spotters. And uh, I noticed something here, that Teresa sort of took on a role like this in the last episode. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder, is is that why Matt mistrusts her? Does he think that she's like manipulating the challenges or something? But again, it doesn't really make any sense because she's not giving herself an advantage or anything like that. She's not sabotaging the games, so I'm not sure. Um, so Dirk and Teresa are shouting down their descriptions of these sculptures for the others to find in the garden. Um, they They have to do it one group at a time. They don't all run around together. It's not simultaneous. They have to do it consecutively. The first group do pretty well. They win $10,000. And then the next group <laughs> has, has Fee in it. And we love Fee. Fee dashes off before the description is even finished. She like knocks over a plinth on the way. Like some statue falls off it. She seems like she just keeps running. I feel like it's episode five. We know Fee well enough that we can say classic Fee. At this point, I think it's okay to say classic fee. Uh, it's quite they're, they're quite chaotic energy in this group. I would say um, they, they've like split into two pairs, and both pairs are looking for the same thing, and they're all getting it totally wrong. <laughs> and Fee discovers how unfit she is, so she's really out of breath. <laughs> um, they they eventually get there, but not with much time left. So by the time they complete their part of the mission. Group three only has four minutes left to do their chunk. Um, <laughs> Dirk, this is where I've got this quotation from Teresa, by the way, which is maybe oh, what you no, were thinking it of. Was a, it was actually earlier, the one that I meant. Oh, what, table. oh what did when Teresa Matt say at breakfast? Matt. Yeah, when Matt was there and, he was, and she was like, tell me tell me one thing I've done. And he's like, well, you're manipulative. She went, no, I'm cool as a cucumber because I'm a faithful. <laughs> 
And I just thought that was brilliant. And I just walk around going, I'm cool as a cucumber because I'm a faithful. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that, yeah. So Dirk is looking at the third picture and he simply says, oh dear. Uh, because it's this very abstract picture and it's all it's like three faces that don't look that different to one another um, and his descriptions are quite odd I don't know how much they're helping and then this is where Teresa has the best line of the episode as far as I'm concerned uh, she just says why would you put Claire and Paul together they're the oldest <laughs> I can't do it I can't do it she just says they're the oldest people in the fucking group they've got a collective age of 150 <laughs> I watched that about three times just pressing rewind and going back just so that I could laugh at it lots and lots yeah, uh, and so that I could write it down and remember it. Yeah, uh, that yeah, this group, this group's struggling. Uh, they're they're out of breath quite quickly. Um, Angus just seems quite clueless. He's kind of just <laughs> lolling around as he does, and sadly, they fail. They are part of the mission. Overall, they've won twenty thousand dollars, which means we're up to sixty-eight thousand in total. So you know, not too bad. Yeah. So after the mission, we're back in the car. Uh, we've got Nigel, Fee, and Craig together. And Nigel asks them who they're suspicious of. And Fee says, Angus. So Nigel's looking kind of worried, I think. Uh, Fee says she wants to bring up this murder comment again. And she wants to bring it up in front of everyone so that they can all judge his uh, Angus's response and see if anyone jumps to his defence. So this is not good for Nigel. I think Nigel's realising, oh, even if she brings this up, I have to be really careful how I react to that. Um, and that was good for Nigel, for Nigel, because she kind of said, I want to see how people react. I want to see who defends him. And he would naturally and normally have defended Angus because as a fellow traitor, they've tried to defend each other for as long as possible. Yeah. So for him getting that bit of information, he knew... I have to sit back and just let what happens happens now. I'll try, but he I think he's quite a good guy, Nigel. He would like to have kept Angus around for as long yeah. as possible. But I think he just knew that he had to be a little more careful with what he said because eyes were on what well, eyes were on him. He literally said, I'm looking to see who defends him because that's my clue who could be working with him. Yeah. And you're right, it's quite handy for Nigel to hear Fee saying that. And it also suggests that V really trusts Nigel. She exactly. trusts him enough to have this conversation in front of him that she, you know, she's not worrying about Nigel um, being a traitor or defending yeah. Angus. So that's, I guess that's useful for him to know as well. Um, so we, we get back to the, I keep wanting to say the house, but it's really, it's a hotel. It's called the Robertson Hotel. Um, Fee is relaying the same thing to Teresa about, about her, you know, what she wants to do with Angus. And Dirk interrupts and says, but do you have a witness? Um, and that really made me laugh. Uh, that was genius. I, <laughs> <laughs> I like Dirk's little comments here and there. Uh, Teresa is also gunning for Angus tonight and she will not change her vote no matter what. And Angus knows people are talking about him, so he's trying to shift attention from himself. He's trying, we talked about this a little while ago, he's, he, he wants to try and place the attention on Teresa and he realises probably the best way to do this is to get Matt on board because Matt won't stop talking about Teresa. And he tells Matt, oh, I just can't stop thinking about your interaction at breakfast. And this just sets Matt off in one. Um, he 
Matt reaffirms this theory he's got about the trio of Fee, Teresa and Justine all voting for him seemingly out of nowhere a couple of episodes ago. But this theory makes no sense to me now because Justine's just been murdered. So she, she can't have been one of the three. They can't be three traitors working together because... Traitors can banish their own, but they can't murder their own. So as soon as Justine got murdered, that should have made Matt go, oh, those three working together, yeah, that, that can't be a thing. That doesn't make sense. Um, but he says, word for word, Teresa is 100% a traitor. And it's, you know, how you, you, no one knows. You can have really strong suspicions about people. You don't know who's 100% a traitor and who's 100% a faithful. No one knows anything in this game. So I wonder what it is. I wonder what it is exactly that makes him think that she is 100%. Like, not 99, 100%. (laughs) Knows knows that she's up there plotting murder every night. Whereas people like Nigel just slip through and no one would even suspect him for a second. It's it's quite a... uh, I, I, I wonder if it's bias on just what you look at someone and you think, well, I'm... You've got long hair. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I think you're a traitor. You know, like it's it's this kind of there must be just some small thing that they just latch onto because they've got no real reason. No, saying she's manipulative and all of that, you know, he's just it's coming out of thin air. It's not it's not a true true description of her character at all. Yeah, and I think the problem is becoming that he's also not he, everybody else realizes that, so he's not convincing anyone else to go along with him. Um, even Angus is like pretending to also think it's Teresa, but he doesn't really believe that. Uh, so so off Angus goes, he's he's trying to spread Teresa rumours amongst Kay and Lewis. Um the one of the one of the problems I guess as a traitor is like yes, one of your techniques needs to be deflecting attention away from you onto other people. But at some point that has to run out of steam because and there's no way around this, I guess. You can only banish faithfuls for so long before people start to notice, oh, we're only ever getting rid of faithfuls. You know, it gets to a point where you run out, not that you run out of faithfuls, but you can't keep having banishment ceremonies where at the end people just keep going, I'm a faithful, I'm a faithful, I'm a faithful. You know, at some point people will start to realise this isn't, who we're paying attention to isn't working uh, so I guess, so what I think at some point as a traitor, I've talked about this a lot. You never you inevitably reach a point where you think, okay, we we're going to have to turn on one another, yeah. and get a traitor yeah. out just so that I blend in with everybody else. That I guess, but I, I think that's not. a hard decision to make. I think yeah. personally, you have that bond with the other traitors. You're you're committing murder <laughs> with them. You know, you're picking people to eliminate from the game. You're strategizing with them. You have a much tighter bond with them than you do the other players. So for me, if I'd been in that situation to then turn it around and be like, okay, I've got to get rid of one of my fellow contestants. That would, that would be very difficult. That would be a very difficult, but it's a big move and it has to be done. And this is why I like this kind of game because it, it shows true gameplay at its finest. It's not just, it's all not it's not like it's 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 real gameplay it's 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 difficult decisions but for big reward hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So Mark also brings up the fact that not that long ago, there was a situation in management where there was a tie between Angus and Cash. And he says, you know, everybody seems to have forgotten that. Which is completely true. I've talked about recency bias a couple of times in the podcast. People people tend to move on so quickly in this game yeah. from big giant red flags, uh, and it's it's kind of the same for me with Marielle's comment in the car a few episodes back when she mentioned accidentally that there were four traitors. It didn't really cause much of a ruckus. Everyone's no, no one seemed to. No, no rumors spread about that. Justine didn't pass it on to anyone else. Which is yeah, very when interesting. I saw that, I literally jaw to the floor. Thought her game is done. Like this is it. I think it was Fee was driving. Was it? And she and she literally gasped yeah. and was like, "Did you say four? And I was just like, uh, "Wow, she's really, she's really dropped her phone it." But like I say, she's such a smart player. She's obviously done a lot of damage control. We haven't seen it, but I'm assuming she's managed to just get people to, to to forget it happened because that is such a big, big thing to say. Yeah. I, <laughs> more, I, than, more than I, I was thinking about murder. <laughs> yeah. I asked Marielle about this uh, a couple of days ago. I spoke to her. I know I keep saying this. Uh, so Marielle's going to be on an episode and this is something that I, I specifically asked her about and she yeah. gave an explanation for how she got around that. So oh, wow. I, I won't. I won't explain it here, uh, but if people listen to that interview, you'll you'll hear Marielle talk about what really happened there. It's very interesting. Excellent. So, uh, oh God, where did I get to? Um, so Marielle is noticing again that she's probably going to have to vote for Angus because there's so much heat coming his way. Uh, Kate says to Marielle, Angus is gunning for Teresa, Teresa's gunning for Angus. And it seems to be that that's what this whole episode is probably heading towards, a sort of showdown between the two of them in terms of votes. There are constant sound bites from Marielle about being cutthroat and being ruthless and knowing she's going to betray Angus. So it, it seems that this is foreshadowing on the part of the of the editors and the producers that that's, that's likely what's going to happen in, in the management room. There's this then sort of strange scene where Marielle gets Nigel alone in the woods to to chop wood. Um, <laughs> that's very, very produced, I think. I probably someone went, you two, why don't you go to the woods and we'll film you having a secret discussion there? Yeah. So she tells him the truth. She says that she's going to have to vote for Angus tonight. Um, and this pro- puts Nigel on edge a little bit, I think. He's not sure how much he can trust her. And I think now Nigel's realising 
okay, that's part of this game. Backstabbing is going to be involved. And he says to her, can I trust you 100%? And she gives the weirdest response. She says, the weird. I'm, yeah. I mean, you can trust me as 100% as you feel. And I just I just thought, just lie. Just say yes. Just say yes. You can trust me 100%. Don't, don't give just... some ambiguous answer. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't... If someone had said that to me, I'd have been like, okay, so I cannot trust you at all. Like, if someone had said, <laughs> you trust me as much as you think you can, I'd be like... Right, you're you're really not proving your loyalty to me <laughs> at all. Yeah, yeah, I see where this is going, Marielle. Thank you for that yeah. clue. So we head into the banishment then, basically with Nigel feeling very torn. He doesn't know what he's going to have to do here. Um, there's very, I mean, there always is, but I noticed it particularly in this episode. There's very intense music and lots of lingering close-ups of worried faces around the table. Uh, Roger arrives in a very dapper suit. I feel like even the straight men around the table are like, whoa. Like, <laughs> even <laughs> N- Nigel comments on how smart he's looking. Uh, so Ro- Roger has quite a presence, I reckon. Uh, and it feels like Roger is kind of giving them clues. I notice this more and more as the series goes on. He says to them that they're going to have to think about who they want to vote for. And he says, it could be the person you least suspect. Uh, and he says, personality clashes, don't let them cloud your judgment. It's almost really as if he's like he's edging them away from yeah. Matt. I did not like, I I don't like Roger as a host, <laughs> particularly for this kind of reason. I feel like he is not impartial. In fact, earlier in the day at the breakfast, he said, as a joke, I'm changing my allegiance now to the traitors. And then he said, hi, traitors. And if I was there, I may well have easily gone, oh, hi, if I would be a traitor. <laughs> like, I, I just feel like he does little things that mess with the gameplay a little bit. And this specifically, though, where he says, stop looking, look where you least expect it. Because I know that makes sense. But in the game, you're looking at people and you're making your judgments. And this is almost like saying to them, you're looking in all the wrong places. Now look at some different. Because if they said that, I would have actually thought, well, it's Nigel then. Because no one has ever talked about Nigel. Yeah. We've been talking about Angus. It, maybe it's not Angus then. If he's told us to not look where we're actually looking, maybe it's not. But that isn't... Obviously, Mark then decides that he means let's 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 focus on people like Angus. Yeah. And, I mean, the thing is, how much of this is really coming from Roger himself? I mean, I think he's just oh, reading productive. lines that he's fed. I'm so, yeah. It, yeah, it makes... I, I felt... I felt like here the producers were probably edging for a traitor banishment now. I like forgot had... a, I forgot this was a Roger fan club meeting. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I take it all back. I take you, yes. oh. How dare you? It's, <laughs> it's Saint Roger. Forget Saint Teresa. <laughs> um, yeah, I got the feeling that maybe we're five episodes in. Where producers thinking, right? Do you know what would be good if we got a traitor out now? Can we edge them towards that somehow? And using Roger's lines might be a way to help do that. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm being yeah. very suspicious. I, I will take it back. I shouldn't say I don't like him as a host, but just things, I don't like the production doing this. I feel yeah. like this is ruining the game because the game should be played naturally. The other hosts never do anything as influential as this. They're very unbiased, whereas this kind of thing edges the game in one direction that maybe it wouldn't have gone naturally. Yeah. I forgive you for your slight against Roger. Thank you. Uh, 
after this then again i think if you google image searched the phrase furrowed brow it would just come up with 500 pictures of angus um that's just a sort of permanent expression at these points around the table uh oh roger also has another great line here he says haters gonna hate traitors gonna trait i feel that i will steal this for my new slogan for the podcast uh, what does it, it mean me it means nothing it doesn't mean literally anything. nothing this is what i mean okay <laughs> Production. I'm blaming production. It's not right. <laughs> it doesn't have to mean anything. It rhymes. That's all I want. Right. It rhymes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and it's said by Roger. So. It's said by um, <laughs> so Mark begins discussions then, and he begins by talking about what he mentioned earlier. This sort of short memory of everybody. This collective short memory. He says he's surprised how quickly everyone forgot the Angus Cash tiebreak, and. Nigel then seems to kind of chime in on this because he says, yeah, we're, we're only looking at the last 24 hours. Really, we need to look at the last seven days. As if to imply, yes, Mark, you're right. We actually need to cast our minds back a little bit further. So that makes me think he's siding with Mark and maybe they should think about Angus. So Nigel's maybe about to turn. Um, and then Matt. <laughs> Enter Matt. Matt and his... Uh, three women who voted against him theory. They, he thinks it was this big scheme against him, and then he and Teresa just start arguing. Uh, there's then also this sort of mini mini argument breaks out. Kate turns on Teresa suddenly and says that when she first accused Teresa of being a traitor, she had a weird response, which was, "Well, I think you're a traitor too." And then Teresa says, "Do you still think I'm a traitor, Kate?" And Kate just goes, "Yes." <laughs> which I think you mentioned earlier it's it's very uncomfortable uh, but Kate but at the same time to... I actually think that that is a normal response like yes saying she said you should have said something like why do you think I'm a traitor um, but saying well I think you're one too to me is a jokey like little let's ease the tension type thing that I think Teresa would have done yeah so for Kate to take such offence to not be like, well, why do you think I'm a traitor? What evidence do you have? And it, it, it was a bit of an odd, but again, like you say, you just have to latch onto these small little things and they become such significant moments in the game because you've yeah. got nothing else to go by. Yeah, exactly. And and likewise, uh, he then returns to Angus and about his comment at the lake when he mentioned murder so Angus defends himself here. He says, look, you know, it was a silly, flippant comment. And as he's saying this, I notice there's lots of great shots of the other three traitors giving serious side-eye to one another, like these sort of knowing looks. Um, Alex then speaks up. And it's, we don't, we've not really heard much from Alex so far. So no. she gets this little moment and she says, kind of echoing Mark, I suppose, she says, Angus was a suspect even before that comment. Uh, so it's not looking good for him. And she seems genuinely annoyed that they sent Cash home in that tiebreak instead of Angus. And here's where Marielle jumps in. She contributes to the Angus pylon. And, and, and Angus goes on. He says, you know, he tries to explain why he dunked Nigel under the water. He says it was just horseplay. He was just annoyed that Nigel had gone for the shield, even though he probably didn't really need it. And then Fee asks, well, do you think it was a game for both of you or just you? And attention turns to Nigel for an explanation. Um, 
and he says that he didn't hear the murder comment, but that when Angus shoved him under the water, he says it scared the shit out of me. So I thought, is and I wonder if uh, Nigel really felt that, or if that was part of Nigel, like turning on Angus in a very false way. I'm not sure. I questioned that to start with, and then I went back to watch it happen, and I felt like it was quite a well, maybe again it was production, but it looked like quite a aggressive dunking, like mm-hmm. quite a. I'm going to hold you under the water for longer than just a quick down and up. Yeah. So yeah. he may not have been really scared, like terrified, but I think it would have shaken him up a bit and he would have been a bit yeah, on edge. So it's an, a good thing to use to, to turn on Angus because when he said I was shit scared, Angus was like, Oh, yeah. as if it really shocked him. Um, they'd obviously not had to talk about it, but I, I think it was a useful tool to turn on Angus without almost upsetting Angus as well, because Angus could understand why he turned on him. I don't think there'd be hard feelings knowing why I shouldn't have done that to you. Um, But I do think it probably did shake him up a bit. Yeah. And you're right, Angus. We see this very short reaction from him and from Claire. Claire looks quite startled. Like she doesn't know how she's supposed to respond now. It's as if she notices, oh, Nigel's kind of turning on Angus. Yeah. I didn't know he was going to do that. How am I supposed to act now? And Angus says, oh, I'm really sorry. That That's why I was trying to make jokes. I was kind of trying to make up for it. Uh, and then it's really time for the votes. So the, the voting begins. I've just made a little note here, by the way. I really love the slates and white pens that they use. I think they're very aesthetically pleasing, um, more so than the chalk that we got then in the, never get, the other versions. You would never have got Kate rubbing her name out, <laughs> voting for herself. <laughs> Rubbing it out right again with without chalk. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I never thought about that. Okay, maybe chalk has more like sort of comedic opportunity. Yeah. So the votes begin to come in. Um, and we reach a point where Angus has two votes and Teresa has two votes. Um, Paul has one seemingly random vote from Dirk. Um, and this is where I suddenly realised that Paul was in the game. Exactly. It's this like, is oh. the first time... I'd seen him, I think, but not really paid any attention. And then it came up, Paul. And I was like, Paul? Who, Who's who Paul? Is Paul? Literally, <laughs> who is Paul? So, yeah, I had no idea who he was or how he was there. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely got to be the name of this episode. Who is Paul? Yeah, who uh, is Paul? <laughs> uh, and at this point, you know, we've not gotten, we've only had five votes, but we're at two for Angus and two for Teresa. And it's Nigel next. And Nigel goes ahead and votes for Angus. And we get a shot of Marielle looking quite smug about that. And the remainder of the votes come in. And by the end, Angus has seven. Uh, compared to Teresa, who has five. Paul has one and Claire has one. Um, Angus steps up then to do his reveal. And at this point, I notice he is wearing lilac Crocs. Um, oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> I this made me kind of happy that he's about to be banished because I hate Crocs. There, I know I've just made some enemies by saying that my best friend loves Crocs and it's I I can't understand them. Uh, he has the funniest reveal so far. He just goes, "Ah, you got me." <laughs> he yeah. just sort of suddenly all the anxiety is shed. Um, all the worrying is gone. He just breaks into a big grin. 
um it's it's quite nice i suppose that you realize do you know what he's not taking it too seriously and the reaction is wild like they are literally screaming around the table um mark and fee are like hugging each other nigel does a really good job of pretending to be totally elated and then roger tells them he's very proud of them they found their first traitor um and i noticed uh there's a shot there's a shot of teresa like wiping her eye with a tissue and uh it's probably not significant at all but i I thought is she is she crying about angus leaving or is she crying because she's just been accused and got five votes or is she just wiping her eye it could just be that i'm not sure but it, it caught my attention i didn't notice that i imagine it's just a release of emotion of getting a traitor and possibly your name being out there it's quite quite a scary thing yeah. um i i actually went back watched it all again wrote down all the names who they voted for and was like oh if the traitors had voted for Teresa, angus would have been safe so they could have saved him yeah. actually this time and then he would have gone next week i know to be honest they did the right thing because marielle said she she needed to feed them a traitor basically yeah, to calm yeah. them down they're like in a frenzy at the moment this will placate them a little bit so and then it cuts to the car and angus literally tells me he could have been saved if <laughs> i didn't need to do it i didn't need to make my list he literally was like he'd done the done the voting arithmetic for me but yeah i thought it was it was quite a bold move to make when they actually didn't have to do it so i think they were one step ahead of the game yeah you're right. Uh, the Theresa could have very easily gone home, but yeah. then it, yeah, it would have been, like I said earlier, it would have just been another faithful standing up and saying I'm a faithful and everyone would have got even more angry and it would have just come back to Angus the next week. It probably would have always just kept coming back to Angus. So I think Nigel and Marielle realised, let's just cut him now and get it over and done exactly. with. If it was always going to come back to Angus... Mariel and Nigel are actually still safe then. I guess. So they could have lasted another if they got rid of Teresa <laughs> this week. Just strung them out. <laughs> well, yeah, but it is it's you want to stay as long as you can, don't you? So if Teresa had gone this week, Angus would have definitely gone the next week, unless something crazy happened. Mm-hmm. But each week he was there, he was a shield within the traitors for the other traitors. So in theory, if they'd kept him, maybe that would have been an even stronger move. But maybe. I think for them both of them voting him out it with not a majority it made them look more faithful because we got him out yeah we weren't in the majority let's look at the people that didn't vote for him because they are we protecting him so actually it probably was a smart smart move yeah and like you mentioned we then see angus and the car it's very um apprentice style like interviewing the banished person as yeah. they leave <laughs> because we haven't seen that this is the first time in the series we've got an interview with some i know he's the first traitor to be banished but we don't see any of the murder victims be it or or any of the faithfuls who are banished get interviewed it happens a few times later very randomly in this series um i won't give any spoilers about who but yeah this is the first time we see oh angus is getting out he gets in the taxi or the car or whatever it is he says something really funny though he goes i did not see that coming and I sort of thought, what? You, you didn't see that coming? Like, you, you almost got eliminated two episodes ago. Like, it couldn't have been that surprising, Angus. Uh, I, I guess he means the people turning on him. Yeah, that, maybe I, you it didn't was... see that coming. I mean, yeah. Like you say, he must have known his time was 
I just, there's nothing that could have happened to have saved him. He could have never made it to the end. I just, I just don't believe that would ever have in his future, unfortunately. But maybe yeah. he thought they wouldn't have turned on him, which again, poor Angus. I think he is a puppy dog. He just doesn't really have the cutthroat. At the beginning, he said, I'm a lone wolf. And I thought, oh, this one's going to be one to watch. He's going to be really ruthless. And he literally just looked like dazed and confused yeah. through the whole the whole show. Yeah, <laughs> very like tame wolf that yeah. lives with humans <laughs> and acts like a puppy. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so off Angus goes. Uh, and we return to Traitor's Den for the end of the episode. So, a, a tra- a, sometimes I call it Traitor's Den and sometimes I call it Traitor's Tower. It is actually Traitor's Tower. They do call it that. I just invented a new name for it at some point, and now I've stuck with it. Um, it's very, very tense when they get to wherever it is they're going. Um, Claire is just very pissed off. <laughs> they're just yeah. they're silent for quite a while. She's fuming um, because she didn't she didn't know Nigel and Mariel were were going to turn on Angus like that. And Mariel speaks. She admits, look, her her vote was self preserving. If she hadn't voted for him then other people who are close to her would have thought it was too strange. And Nigel says the same. He says, look, I was in the car with Craig and Fee. They made it very clear they thought Angus was a traitor. I had to go along with that to blend in. It would have looked too unusual if I hadn't voted for him after that. Um, and and Nigel and Marielle also say, well, they, they didn't really have a reason to vote for Teresa, so they didn't feel like that could have been justified. But, but then Claire says... Well, I didn't have a reason to vote for Theresa either, but I did it to keep the heat off Angus. So I just, I have just written, ouch. <laughs> um, she is very valid in her feelings. They could have told her. I mean, I'm, yeah. they, maybe they didn't have time, but they could have told her. And I think that would have been a nice heads up. But I think long-term gameplay, Marielle didn't want to tell her. <laughs> she, Probably. she said she didn't trust her. She says that she thinks she's cutthroat, which I... I don't know where she gets that from, but that's her opinions on on uh, on Claire. But I think, yeah, she's she's she didn't want her to be as, have that information. She kind of wanted her to stand out for the wrong wrong reasons. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, and in fact, Marielle even says, "Well, the heat was just going to keep coming back to Angus." So she was kind of saying, "Like it was either now, it was you know, it was now or now or never, um, or or not now or never, but it was now or <laughs> next week or the week after that, it was coming." Um, and she says, "Well, look, if we if we banish Theresa tonight, Angus would have received a unanimous vote next week. So we just got it over and done with." And Claire says, "Well, that's fine, but yeah, she's she's annoyed that they didn't give her a heads up, and she feels that now she has a target on her back. I assume because she, I don't really know why. I, I think she means, oh, because I voted for Theresa, so I look." But then other people voted for trees as well, so I don't it know was why quite Claire. Though, wasn't it? It wasn't yeah. like she was the only one. So I, I, it looks more dodgy that Dirk voted for Paul, and yeah, you know, like there was more singular votes out there. So I don't. I, I think she's just worried, and, it, yeah. and, that, and that's all. Yeah. Um, they're about to discuss who they want to murder when there is a knock at the door and an envelope is slid underneath. And they have this note that reads, Traitors, there will be no murder tonight. Instead, you face a very different type of dilemma. Tomorrow, you will have the opportunity to triple the entire prize pool in the ultimate gamble. However, any silver bar staked could also be lost. 
You must choose which three people will play the gamble. They could be faithful, traitors, or both. Consider your decision carefully, as the gamblers could either return as heroes or villains. You must now decide between you which three players will be chosen. Yours charmingly, Roger. Uh, so we have a brief discussion about this. They don't really know how it will work. The, I mean, the, the note's fairly detailed, but not detailed enough. Um, and this is really where the episode ends. I think it's an interesting idea. Um, they obviously have to choose who's going to take part and whether you do pick yourself. This isn't like being on trial like the other series. This is gambling, it sounds like, winning more money. So, But they say you could come back um, a villain or a hero. So do you want to put a target on your back? I probably wouldn't pick myself. I probably would just pick other people and just let them just let them loose and see what happens i wouldn't want any spotlight on me it's quite a big risk i think yeah any thoughts on why they introduced this gamble device at this point because to me it feels like something you might see in a game show towards the end this is sort of like a final round thing why why now I don't know. It doesn't really make much sense. Like you say, it should be something a bit later when they've got a big prize pool and they can risk a lot of money and gain a lot of money. Maybe they're worried that they would win too much. <laughs> so they only want to give them a limited <laughs> amount of money to play with. I don't know. But um, if they got to the full prize fund from this episode, it might <laughs> it might be a bit upsetting. But it's, I think it's a, again, it's just a cause divide. And maybe they can shift people's opinions by make, doing something a bit decisive in the middle of the game it's a little bit more exciting but in terms of like gambling definitely the end it would have been it would have been a better thing to do then yeah yeah i wonder if it was just for the sake of variety just sort of right we're we're kind of halfway through the series let's not do another murder like we've done for the past four episodes let's do something different uh, yeah this may, maybe this does seem to be kind of the episode most series where they chuck in some weird twist like a trial or this gambling thing or you know just to mix things up a little bit keep everyone on their toes it's just different it, it, when you're doing the same thing every day it becomes very normal and maybe they get too calm and too um confident whereas this now changes up the dynamics changes up the game and everyone can it will just make people more nervous again and start maybe people do crazy crazy things maybe maybe bring matt into the <laughs> give matt something to shout about <laughs> so rob much like the traitors orchestrating this gamble we have been uh playing our own we've had our, our own secret mission uh before we get to the reveal of that um could you tell us about... I sometimes ask people if they've got any recommendations. Apart from the traitors, what else are you watching right now that you think we should check out? Uh, yeah, I have just been gifted a free six-month Apple TV subscription, which I haven't really spent much time on. And so, yeah, I've been finding some really great shows on there. Um, if you've not watched Bad Sisters, that is definitely the first thing you should watch. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, just amazing storyline, acting, everything about it. Seeing Island looking so stunning is is really, really, really amazing. 
Um, I've also started watching Silo on there, which is a pretty cool sci-fi uh, drama, suspense, thriller. It is really, really good as well. The first episode, uh, it, it's a book based on a trilogy of books. Um, the first one's called Wool, and I'm now desperate to start reading it because it, it, the first episode of that was really, really amazing. Um, and then another one, a comedy on there called um, Shrinking, I'm really enjoying as well, which is about some shrinks, obviously, some uh, therapists, but one of them goes through some personal trauma and decides that instead of doing what you're supposed to do, which is help people just find their own way in life. He starts telling them what to do with their life and making some massive changes for them. And it's, it's, it's funny, but it's also quite a, uh, it makes you think about your own life as well. So some really good stuff on Apple TV, which I was uh, happy to find. Yeah. I have read Will. I haven't oh, have read the, the whole trilogy, but I've read Will. I read it years ago. And it's funny because I think that was the first time I came across the word silo, weirdly. So when I heard there was this new show called Silo, I, I briefly wondered, oh, is that connected to Wool? And then I thought, no, why wouldn't they just call it Wool? But they have called it something else, apparently. Yeah. So, Well, there's been no link to Wool. So I don't know if, it, if that's in the book itself. So maybe that's why they've just, it's just a silo that creates power. So I don't, I don't, there's no link yet to Wool anyway. Yeah. I can't even remember why the book's called Wool. I know that the I think the second one is called Dust, and then the third one is called some other four-letter noun or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but definitely, they're all going on my list. And Bad Sisters, I've only heard good things about. Um, and I love the main Irish woman who's in it, who's a writer and in yes, those things. Right. Uh, she's <laughs> makes me laugh. She's in Catastrophe as well. Yes, she is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I will watch that at some point. Uh, so uh, we've been playing our game, The Trader Traitor. We, like Nigel and Marielle, have actually been trying to backstab one another mm-hmm. as they backstabbed Angus. Um, I I told you a lie at some point. Uh, did you lie to me about something? I did. Okay. Uh, I I often, you know, during these these uh, podcast recordings, I make little notes on post its as we're going, and I write oh. down all the possibilities of what people might have been lying about. I have no, I have one thing that you said that I thought could be a lie, and after that, nothing you said. <laughs> set up a red flag for me okay um so i'm gonna guess yours first because i'm struggling and i have nothing else um and this this is probably not a lie when we were talking about the previous episode and angus and duncan nigel under the water um you said that that fee screamed from the lakeside and i wondered maybe she didn't really scream i can't i can't remember specifically was that a lie that was not a lie. Oh, I mean, man. I, I think it was Fee, but a woman screamed from the, like, <laughs> it sounded like a Fee scream, like a shock to when that, that happened. So, so that was not a lie. Okay. <laughs> Other than that, uh, I'm clueless. Uh, so you, you'll have to tell me, Rob, what did you lie about? My lie was that I actively had to write out a list of people to work out that flipping two people would have been. <laughs> <laughs> My maths is not that bad. I know that. Five and seven, move two people. It was pretty straightforward. <laughs> See, I didn't question that at all because I do usually write down like who voted for who and how many votes did each person get. So I thought, yes, that sounds totally logical. Why would you not do that? Um, so you, yeah, you tricked me. You got me. You betrayed me. 
Uh, any idea what I lied to you about? No. Uh, I'm hoping it was a lie saying, but then it's an opinion, so it couldn't have been that. But the fact you said you didn't like Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's true. I don't get them. Uh... <laughs> not not for outdoor use, and I wouldn't want to be seen on them on TV, but around the house, comfy. <laughs> I mean, look, to be fair, I've never worn a pair. Maybe if I put them on my feet, I'd change my mind. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely... <laughs> can't see myself wearing them outside, let alone on on TV. Uh, no, not, they're, not, they're not for TV. They're not for TV. No. Definitely not. So uh, no, I didn't. I don't think I got it. There was something you said right at the start. That I was like, remember that, remember that. And I can't remember. So I, I yeah, I've forgotten. It, I, my lie was quite early on. Uh, I was talk I, a few times I mentioned various uh, contestants who are going to come in the podcast or who I've already spoken to. And I talked about Marielle. I said I spoke to her at the weekend. That is true. I did speak to Marielle. However, I said that I spoke to Matt and that Matt told me that he was encouraged by production to make a cringy speech at breakfast. That was all a complete fabrication. I oh, have the- not spoken to Matt and he did not oh. tell me any such thing. I would never have guessed that. I I was I I believe that that would be a production trick that that one, <laughs> he would have been egged on to say that. I mean, I yeah, I, I can I, that I could well have happened, uh, but Matt didn't tell me that. I'm gonna so. I'm gonna message him and make sure. <laughs> uh, Rob, thank you so much for joining me today on this episode to talk about episode five of the Traitors Australia. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. That was great fun. I love being on it. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you so much. I will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hello, faithful Tradar listeners. Thanks for listening in to this episode, and thanks again to the lovely Rob for joining me. He was a fab guest co-host, and I'm definitely going to poach him again for a future episode. Rather excitingly, I am lining up interviews with the final five contestants from the Traitors Australia. Fingers crossed we can make them all work. Syncing up time zones and dates is quite tricky, especially when I do actually have a full-time job and various other mini-jobs outside of the podcast. I don't want to do spoilers, so I won't say anyone's names here, just in case you haven't watched Beyond Episode 5 yet. If you have, though, and you have a question for any of the final five players, please send me them. You can get in touch on Twitter, at thetradarpod, Instagram, at thetradarpodcast, or you can email me at thetradarpodcast at gmail.com. Episode six of the podcast is already available, so you could go right ahead and binge that, and maybe even leave a lovely five-star review on your podcast app if it's an app where you can actually do that. Until next time, as always, stay faithful. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.